Oh, shit. <laughs> so we're recording now, right? <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh, BK, thanks for uh, coming out, taking the time to oh drive. My. Oh, you're so welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. I haven't seen you in so long. So this is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. The social media, even though you see people on social media, yeah, it's... Uh, it's not the same. It's not the same. How? When's, when's the last... Wait, when's the last time we've seen each other? Probably... I don't know, probably when I was competing, 2018, Jeez. around that time frame. Jeez. Yeah, that was the last yeah. time I actually competed. Yeah, it's been that long. It's been five years. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't Yeah, because we have corresponded. You've done photos and everything for me, but yeah. you've never, um, I didn't see you. I would mail you oh, stuff. Oh, right, for Flavor Republic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was even before 2018. I think that was more like 2017, I, I believe. I think mean, even after that, I did that my last show in the Philippines. Oh yeah, yeah, and so it's it's been a while. So it's been it's been at least five years. What's up, <laughs> man? Five. A lot has changed in five years. Right? I know a lot has changed. So that's, <laughs> that's why we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who would have thought the world? It's, it's crazy. It's crazy how the uh, universe works, right? Brings I'm us back together. You. But we've always stayed in contact. So it seems like yeah. even though I haven't vis physically seen you. We've seen each other. Yeah. We've uh, definitely uh, corresponded. Yeah, everyone's like, hey, what's up, Kenny? How are you doing? And then we go like six months and hey, what's up, yeah. Kenny? How are you doing? I need a doing? favor. Yeah. And we yeah. contacted yeah. you for a favor. Yeah. And then it's like, hey, I need some help on my, some business stuff. Or what do you think about this? And you're always there. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. I have a, I have a question. Um, yeah. You, I know you mentioned this several times, but I really don't know a lot about it, even though I, I know you, is that. What kind of engineer were you? Are you, I mean, you were an engineer, right? Yeah, yeah. I worked in aerospace for literally almost 20 years. So I, you know, have my bachelor's degree in environmental health, and I got my master's in occupational and in environmental health. And so what I basically did was, like, we helped keep our workforce safe. So when I worked in aerospace, when I share that, you know, um, I would help protect our workers with chemical or from chemical exposure or from mechanical exposure risk and things like that. And then we also help to do things to keep the hardware. So like we help, you know, we put satellites into orbit. So we had to make sure everything was just on par with regulations, making sure we weren't contam uh, contaminating the environment and then also keeping our workers safe. So I guess in general it would be like, like a worker, kind of like worker and uh, yeah, worker safety engineer. Did you that like, makes sense. Yeah. 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 20 years. I'm guessing you liked it or. Yeah. You know, it's funny because at first when I was going to school, I actually, I like fell in love with epidemiology. Like who, this, who this doesn't? Study. Who doesn't? Right. Yeah. I just I fell in love with it. And then well, <laughs> okay, <I'm> shut up. <laughs> Everybody does. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But it was so interesting to me because it was like the study of infectious diseases and like, you know, studying how it just stuff about diseases. Anyway, I fell in love with it. But then I remember one of my advisors saying like, unless you go into like the academics and into research, there's not a lot of opportunity for you. And, you know, I could have just not listened to him, but I did. And I was like, well, let me think about something that's a bit more practical, especially with my parents, you know, helping me, you know, go to school and everything. They're like, you need to get a job, like none of this like fluffy stuff. So I met with an advisor who was, um, you know, deep into the environmental and occupational health field, and I met with him, and the rest is history. Could you have worked for a drug company? Is drug that the kind company? of a drug? You know, like how they, you know, go to other countries and see how 
test drugs on brown people to see if they work? Oh. Is that is that well, kind of in that same pocket or no? Not necessarily. I would say more like employee self uh, employee safety type work. Got it. Got it. You know, um, yeah, employee safety, and then also like environmental stewardship. Yes. You know, like making sure that whatever it is you're doing isn't contaminating the water or, you know, the contaminating the air. In fact, um, when I worked at, can I say where I worked? I don't know if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah, when I, I worked know. at Rocketdyne for years. So one of the major programs that I, I worked in was the air quality program. And it was really interesting because in the Simi Hills, that's where they hot fire tested, you know, even the space shuttle main engines back in the day. And so in order to do that, you have to have air permits with the county, you know, environmental offices. And so that was one of the um, programs I took over when I got hired in. And it was awesome. It was awesome in that the work was very interesting, but it was so cool to see the history, like back in the day, what they used to do and all the hot firing that they did. And they don't, they no longer hot fire um, in Simi Valley anymore, but I got to see a lot of it. So. That makes sense. Like, I could, yeah. is that why certain parts of it you ha- they have to do ground testing, to because they can't build on the land because it's contaminated? Yeah. Is because yeah. those tests? Yep. So you know, and I don't want to speak out of pocket, but when I was there, you know, obviously a lot of the historical things that they did there, they just weren't regulated the way they are now, and so there is some groundwater and <laughs> soil contamination. But I mean, I mean, talk about thorough work that they're doing up there. I mean, and they're still doing work up there. I just I'm not aware of all. Aware of it. Right. But yeah, but. Yeah, it's it was a very interesting career for sure. So, what caused you to transition over to, to leave that industry? Oh man, we have we have time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I would say maybe the last five years that I was working there, I just had this feeling of this. There's got to be more. There's got to be more for me. Um, and not like I hated my career. It just felt like there was no more room for growth. And then on top of that, I was also struggling personally. So I had been married for, at that point, too, almost 20 years as well. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. I knew you were married before, but I didn't know it was 20 years. That's a long time. Yeah, pretty much the entire time. Like when I first started my my job, my my big, my career. Mm -hmm. Did we get married that same year? Yeah, we got married that same year. So So it was like I got my... I'm getting married. Yeah, I was doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. I was checking those boxes like a you know, like a badass, just like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. But anyway, so around that time too, uh, like our relationship was deteriorating. And so I think it just put me into this place of like taking inventory of like, what am I going to do with my life? Or, you know, am I really content? And I think one of the things, not to sidetrack, but I remember someone, I can't remember who it was, but they asked me like, what makes you happy? And I didn't know how to answer it. And so I just went into this whole process of trying to evaluate my life and where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. You didn't go into rocket, talk to them about rocket testing and see me and the history and how it just kind of. I, yeah, <laughs> I did. I was like, you know what? I really like to uh, talk about the concentration of, yeah, yeah. It just, anyway, but yeah, it started there. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you were married because I was married for, um, I was with my ex like 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I think the majority, like it was, it was, over, it was like maybe 10, 11 years that we were married. Wow. And yeah, yeah, that, that's a, that's a big transition. I think that takes a, a, um, a significant, makes a significant impact on, um, mm-hmm. how we, you know, interact with the world and how we, how we see the world, interact with ourselves. Yeah. 
You know, um, and we actually, well, I don't know if you guys did when you felt like things were getting a little rough, if you were going to counseling or started <laughs> counseling at all, because we did that. We did it in, actually, I remember we went to counseling early on. I think mm -hmm. it was like maybe two, three years in. Mm -hmm. Which I think in hindsight was it was needed because I had never lived with anyone before. You know, he had never lived lived with anyone before. And then all of a sudden we're married and living together and figuring all that out. So we went to counseling kind of early in our marriage. And then that seemed to kind of help some things. And then later on, because like we were married, we had my son, we had our son like eight, we were married already eight years. So yeah, it was around that time frame where we started going to counseling again and getting more like intensive help. And we did that for maybe two, two years. And again, during the active part of going to counseling, it was helpful, but then it just, after that, things just would slowly go back to kind of the old thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mine, mine was a little, <laughs> mine was, a, it was more of an accelerated uh, <laughs> ending, like a, a, it was weird. It was like an explosion. More like it wasn't oh. it wasn't a drawn out one, but I did try counseling, but it was. Uh, um, let me see, let me try to think back when I, I think we only went to counseling once. One like one visit, S one visit, oh. because it was my ditch effort because. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I've never publicly spoken about this. So oh. um, what it was, was that uh, I mean, what occurred was um, I didn't know at the time. But like, okay, hold on a second. Before I go into this, you're, when you're the cause of your divorce, a cause mm. of a divorce, I think it plays a major role in the events that occur at the end. You know, like say, if someone's just, you know, for lack of a better term, being a dick. Yeah. And they just don't have bad interpersonal skills and it just got to the point where it's unbearable. That's a different type of divorce than someone who's like, say, having a long-term affair. Okay. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so my, my ex-wife was having a, a wife at the time had was having a, a long-term affair, but I had no idea. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I sensed it and I said something, but usually, you know, no one admit, who's going to admit that it takes guts to admit that yeah. they're well, cheating. How long? Can I ask? Like how long? Oh, ask whatever you want. Yeah. Right, this yeah. Is a, hey, listen, I'm an open book. Yeah. Um, even though I haven't went to depth about this, I'm open book of, of the events. I, all I could do is guess. And I think I picked up on it pretty quick because the mm. type of relationship my ex-wife and I had, um, we were always around each other. Even when she was in medical school, I we moved right next to the medical school. So she was able to come home. Right. Really didn't have to spend overnights there. I think the longest we'd ever been apart for, mm. say, nine years. We were married 11 years. Okay. Because it was the one year, it was that last year that did it. So during the 10 years, I don't think we spent 24 hours apart the whole wow. time. Yeah. When we'd ride in a car, she would sit next to me. And even my sister used to say... Don't you think that's a little too much? I go, no, nah, I love it. It's great. She's like, we were just everything was together all the time. Right. So it went from that. I noticed a quick shift, mm. and um, not that I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very, I don't check phones. If I got to check your phone, look through your social media. We don't need to be together. Yeah. So I didn't go through that, and so I mean, to make a to get to the point is that there was a shift, and I go, hey, and the shift was, believe it or not, yeah. When I was watching TV, she no longer sat up on me. She started sitting like on the other side of the couch. Yeah. And I picked up on it quick. I was like, For sure. I go, Hey, what's going on? And she gaslighted. I didn't know what gaslighting was back then. <laughs> when you don't know what gaslighting is, she put it on you. Oh, yeah. Dude, that, dude you're, you're blind. You're blind. Yeah. It's, it's like someone, 
it's like, especially when you're in love too, it's like a blind spot you don't see. Yeah. So she's like, no, no, Kenny. Um, I think it's your, cause I, you know, it's a whole nother, whole nother issue, but childhood crap. She's like, it's your childhood traumas coming up. You need to go to therapy. You're tripping. There's no, there's nothing wrong. So I, 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 wow. I went and then, <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, um, so it's your fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm in there like going, Hey, you know what? I'm being paranoid. I'm being rough on my wife. And I'm thinking, and the therapist was like listening to my story and she was like, dude, you've been spoiling your wife. And I was like, no, 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 no. It's me. I, she, she doesn't want to, you know, and then yeah. finally, um, in a, in a last ditch effort, like she started coming home at night and which mm -hmm. was crazy. And so the answer is, sorry, I didn't mean to go long winded on this. Okay. <laughs> like I'm the guest, yeah. but, um, we went, uh, we went to counseling. I said, let's go to counseling. And she's raised a Christian and her dad's a pastor. And I go, let's go to this church. They have free counseling there. And she goes, I don't want nothing to do with God. I want to go. And I said, <laughs> I was like, what? So I was like, I was like, uh, like your ass is on your own. Yeah. I was like, no, let's find a counselor. I go to the counselor and we sit down. I vividly remember this because, and we'll get to your story. I'm sorry, but I vividly remember this. I'm sitting there mm -hmm. and I'm looking across the couch at her and the therapist is like, okay, um, Kenny, you set this up and tell us what I was like, I don't know what's going on with my marriage. Uh -huh. I, I love my wife. She literally just got my name tattooed on her like 12 months prior. Big letters. Like no joke. Just I dedicated herself to me. It's a lot. It's just rededicated herself. Bought me a new wedding ring. It was crazy. And I was yeah. like, I, I remember thinking, how did I end up here? How did we get here? Yeah. So I'm like turning to her and I was like, I love my wife. I want to save my marriage. So whatever I need to change in me, please give me, give me the tools. Right. And then so my wife turns, they go, how about you? And she, uh, I'll keep her nameless. We'll call her Jane Doe. <laughs> Jane, Jane Doe goes, excuse my language here. And she goes, I fucking hate him. And I was <gasps> no like, what? Way. Yeah. She goes, I fucking hate him. He tricked me into marrying him. I didn't want to marry him. He knew that I was young. He just wanted to get out of my house. And this, and I was like, and she goes, you know, I've never loved him. And I don't even know why. And, and I, mean, I never loved him. And, and she said, I just went on this rant, dude. And my friend described it well. It's like what? someone scooping out your heart with a dull spoon. It's like, Arr! I was like, like you I had like no idea. No idea. And I was like, who the hell is this? <laughs> right. And then um, the therapist goes, tur literally turned and goes, then why are you here? And she goes, I don't know. And oh. that's, that was our one and only session. And we walked out. Got in our separate cars. So that's why that's I'm <laughs> thinking why one session, right? Like, okay, I get it. Why there was one session now? Yeah, yeah. And oh it, and shit, I had no idea. Yeah, and then we we went separate ways. Not separate ways. She literally came. No, she didn't even come home that night. I don't know where she was going. So after that, you didn't see her again. Well, no, she wasn't coming home regularly. Oh. She wasn't coming home regularly, and I thought like, and she would come home and go, oh, I had to stay after at work because mm. she worked in the hospital, you know, and her occupation. Some people do stay overnight, but we live right. right by the damn hospital, you know, or, right. but she wasn't staying overnight. So, but sorry. That's okay. Back to you. That's, uh, yeah. I'm like, well, how can I compete with that story? No, 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 dude, dude, my, 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 mine's, uh, um, it gets worse, oh, but, it does? We'll, oh. oh yeah. But to get back to you, we try, yeah. I tried the dynamics of counseling mm -hmm. is different when like, see, that's, uh, cheating counseling. There's no hope. It's yeah. a dead end road, you know? The uh, counseling with um, with yours, I'm assuming you guys went in and were like, give us the tools. We need. Yeah, I would say, you know, that's really interesting you put it that way. Because I think initially we did. We went in wanting to learn tools because I remember specifically... <laughs> 
I mean, I, to say that we had to work on communication was is so general. I think most people can say, like, I need to work on my communication. But for us, it was specifically, like, we had a young son. I worked, you know, an hour away. You know, he worked nearby. But, you know, we had busy lives, and we're trying to, like, put all this together. And so what was happening was he would just, like, randomly just drop shit on me all the time. Like, I need to go over here. I need to do this. And I'm an hour away. You know, my son is not only an hour away from our house, or I have to drive home to our house is an hour than if I had to go get my son, if he couldn't, that was like another 30 minutes. So for me, you know, working out in the Valley at the time, if he'd said, Hey, you know, I can't make it to X, Y, Z time, you know, can you, he would just drop shit like that. I mean, that's just minor, but there's like, I can go into a gazillion other examples of how he would just, just drop shit on me all the time. So one of the things in counseling was our, our counselor had us like create this calendar it's ugly ass, you know, and I'm not like bougie or anything, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's why we're here today. But that's another story. Actually, yeah, that's <laughs> no, right. I'm kidding. That's right. I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't drive. It's an inside joke. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could talk about that, but no. So anyway, on our refrigerator, we had this like whiteboard on the side, like literally those whiteboards, like with the grease pen or whatever. Those that like, you can erase. The ugliest ass thing. But this is what the counselor had us come up with to basically put our schedules in front of each other, so we wouldn't like drop shit on mm. each other, right? So that was just one of the tools that we came up with. So I had this ugly ass calendar on the side of my refrigerator and I'd put stuff on there for the week, whatever. And I remember um, getting up one morning, I think it was like a Sunday morning or something, get up and all of a sudden there's like this line, like for two weeks, just like etched out, like I'm going to be gone. And I was like, what the actual <laughs> fuck? <laughs> you know, like this calendar supposed to help us, like give us, you know, some advanced notice. This is like literally the next day he's flying out. It was for work, but then he had, added like I don't know I think like five days like personal time <laughs> like so it's like, a job right he's like yeah and it was like anyway I know this sounds kind of minor in the grand scheme of things but that was the type of stuff that would happen to me over and over and over and so in our counseling yeah we were learning these like skill set but it got to the point where it was like we're doing all these things but and I don't want to put blame on him because I'm sh- I know I, I had my blame own, his ass. you know right <laughs> <laughs> but we constantly were doing stuff like this and he wasn't like utilizing the tools as we were supposed to. So in a long, long story short, I remember there was an, there was a session with our counselor and I felt like she basically just kind of fired us. Cause she was like, cause we would talk, we'd talk about all the things that we're doing. And I remember, I, I remember this is for me when mentally I knew I was like, we're done. She was like, I, I know her name, but I won't say her name, but she was like, so John Doe, mm-hmm. right? I'll, I'll, yeah. At least I'll do that. So John Doe, you know, BK is telling you, this is what she needs. Like what's going on? Why, why can't you just meet her there? And he was like, well, I just don't understand. Like, I don't agree with how she feels. So I don't feel like I need to do anything. And I remember she was like looking at me and she was kind of like, and and this is granted two years in of counseling, you know, like every other week, that was probably the tempo that we were at. And she looked at me and she was like, yeah, like I, I, and that's why I tell, I, I say, I'm like, I feel like I got fired. Cause it was like, <laughs> she was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. You can't, you both yeah. have to participate. Yeah. That's, so, that's, cr- you know what? A few things when yeah. you were talking, when you were mentioning, well, this occurred, but that's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Mm. It is. Those things add up. Like it's like, I, I, I tell my friends that, you know, when you go to um, McDonald's, and there's a Karen there and she's losing her mind because the fries were cold. Mm-hmm. It's not the fries. 
it's something else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's probably a pile up. Like if you probably could look into her personal life, it's probably a pile up of her husband's a dick. Yeah. Her kids are bad. Her job sucks. She has a drive in the 101 every day to and from work and sit in truck. Mm-hmm. She gets there and the fries are cold. That's it. You know, it, you, you, everyone has a breaking point, yeah. you know? So I, I, I get what you're saying. Those things aren't minor. Those things yeah. add up. It, it was totally, uh, for sure. I think that was some of the things when we actually did decide to like go separate ways where it was really me moving out. Yeah. I think that's also why it took so long because I was constantly like I was feeling a certain way. I knew that we were deteriorating as a couple. I knew that my son was seeing this happen and I was well aware of the fact that that wasn't the kind of example that I wanted him to grow up with. But it was like constantly trying to weigh, okay, well, what's worse, divorcing or seeing him you know, seeing his parents not being like the loving parents that yeah. I envisioned that, you know, we would, you know, we would be for him. And I remember, um, oh, this is interesting. So yeah, I think about this. I remember one of the things I would share in counseling quite a bit. I'm like I'm talking all over the place. Anyway, yeah. or you could, you could on, actually bring it up higher. If yeah. You want. Here we go. Yeah. Get it right. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So I remember being in counseling one time and sharing, you know, in our group set, well, group meaning John Doe and yeah. our counselor. Yeah. Could, yeah. Counselor. And she said, um, we were, you know, we we're kind of talking about everything. And I remember sharing saying, you know, I feel like I, I know that we need to work on our communication, but I feel like I'm in this room and I could be screaming at the top of my lungs and he's not hearing me. Like, I feel so frustrated. Like, it doesn't matter what I do to really get him to, he- I can't get him to hear me. And that's really frustrating for me. And so like at home, then how that kind of played out is when we would try to talk right without the, you know, the aid of a counselor, like a referee, like I like to call, I used to call her like our referee. Um, it was really difficult. And I used to feel like I'd have to go extreme to get him to pay attention to what I was not just saying, but like what I was feeling. And I remember saying how sharing with him saying like, you know, this isn't like a healthy household. Like one of us needs to it seems at this point, one of us needs to get out so we can either kind of understand and get, like, get some bearings, get like a perspective of what the hell's going on. And I remember he just talking to me and saying like, he just like dug his, his heels in. He was like, well, I'm not going anywhere. Like if anyone's going to go, it's going to be you. It's going to be you. And I really believe that he thought that because he knows how much I love our son, that I would never do that. Like I would never be the one to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally one day I did, I did. And that's like, man. I bet it shocked him, right? Shocked. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's um when you when you went to counseling, mm-hmm. did they give you those those little tips like when you talk, don't like make pointed statements. You say statements like I feel oh, yeah. that. Did you do all that? In in the sessions, yeah. <laughs> but then at home it was like, man, I was like to the Oh, you didn't do it? Well, I, I, mean, I stuck to I was trying to save my marriage, dude. Like I like it was gonna kill me. I was like, I feel that I mean, that I think matter. we I mean, it's been so long, but I believe we tried, but when things would start to get heated, I mean, it was, it was not good. Do you think he was always like that? And you just kind of got to the point where you couldn't take it no more after 20 years or he became that way over time? I think he was always that way. And I actually will share another tip or not tip, (laughs) something I learned. Words of wisdom. Oh my God. (laughs) You know, we have, I think as women, men too, we have to learn to really trust our gut and we notice certain things about people, whether Mm -hmm. you're able to. I think uh, effectively or maybe like 
yeah, effectively address it, I think is one thing, but a lot of us are, I don't know, we think like we, we want to think the best of other people, especially if we're with them, you know, yeah. want to get the benefit of the doubt. But here's another thing that the same counselor. So again, I said, we were, we were with her, we were working with her for two years. And another thing that came out, it's like, oh my God, but was that, um, my ex had a hard time basically giving other like women that equal kind of balance. Like he mm. had no problem with other men, like valuing what they had to say. Um, but with women, it was less. And how it came out was um, we were talking about our work at one time, like kind of our work environment. Yeah. And um, he was sharing how, you know, with if he because, he, you know, where he worked, there was not a lot of women, but the, the few that were there, he didn't have like that level of kind of the same level of respect for them versus what he had for like his male coworkers. And so I actually came to this, we had this conversation about, is it possible that, so when BK talks to you, that that's why you're not able to, or you're not willing to, whatever, to accept what she has to say mm -hmm. is like just as much value as if, let's say, like your brother was sharing it. And he agreed with her. Yeah. And so it was really hard for me to hear that. I was like, what? The yeah, that hurts. Yeah. And does it, does it even makes you, I would guess that it would even make you reevaluate like how did I end up 20 years with someone who thinks this way right <laughs> totally that's, that's love mm -hmm. love will do that to you like I'm very I believe that I'm very good at reading people mm -hmm. but when I fall in love or have emotions I'm blind yeah. it's I'm going completely over what you say yeah so I have it's I'm sad to admit but as in a, this stage of my life I'm learning those skills now that crazy yeah it's it's they should teach this in school you, when you go to high school, right, they should yeah. teach you, you know, with math, you should learn interpersonal skills, mm -hmm. emotional intelligence and things like that, because that is the hardest thing to navigate. Mm -hmm. Because if you learn emotional skills and um, interpersonal skills, mm -hmm. you'll be able to perform better at, at jobs. You will have better friendships, relationships. Mm -hmm. But that that skill is lacking. They just teach us, you know, math, English, PE and yep. things like that. It yeah. even actually help us deal with authority. Like as I used to be a teacher, mm. some kids public school they have a problem with authority they, they don't yeah. they view the teacher as beneath them almost like a um i wouldn't even say a waiter because a waiter's not beneath you but we're serving them and you know really? kiss their butt yeah it's, wow yeah what's crazy though is interesting La the last time i taught i taught at a um school in east la majority hispanic mm -hmm. those kids their parents teach manners dude like i <laughs> yeah. they, they even say like when they didn't even know my name they go, excuse me, mister. And like everything's very respectful, which was completely, but their their family brought the traditions, I guess, of Mexico mm -hmm. culture because they're like first generation here yeah. with them. But um, yeah, one thing too about counseling, to take it back to counseling. Yeah. One thing that I learned, I don't know if this is science. I don't know counseling if there's a, um, there, there, there's no hard, fast rules in counseling. I don't think so because one counselor could tell you one thing and mm -hmm. another could tell you something else. But one thing that I believe is true is that you should never go to couples counseling. Really? But yeah, yeah. If you're having a problem with your marriage, it's a, it's a it's two people with individual problems. Okay. So you each person should go to individual counselors mm -hmm. and deal with their crap. Like like your your John Doe, yeah. your ex. There's nothing you could have offered, or your therapist could have offered in counseling to fix his problem. He needed to go and work on him. Like, True. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So you would have been there for four years, five years, 10 years yeah. until he's able to sit down and face himself and look internally. It would have never, nothing would have repaired. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's the kind of philosophy I think. Like if I ever, I'm, you know, actually I've changed. I've thought I'd never get married again, but in the la- probably in the last few months I've realized I love companionship and I would love to be married. It's scary as hell. Right. You can get your guts ripped out of you. You know, you're, it's weird. It's, there's like a spiritual connection. Would you agree with that? In marriage for sure. Yeah. yeah. Or just companionship in general. Yeah. 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 There's like, there's another, I don't know if I believe in this, but some people talk about soul ties. I don't know if you heard of that. A little bit. Yeah. yeah me but, too. I don't know what it is. Never mind. I want to speak about, but yeah. it has something to do with just being connected with another person. Yeah. And I like being connected with another person. The problem is getting connected to the wrong damn person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's brutal. Like when you decided to make that decision, like it's over when that clocked in your head. When you, oh, you're like when the relationship is done. We're done. Yeah, it's yeah. a wrap. What did that do to you psychologically? Oh, I mean, fucked me up. It was like, oh gosh. I think when I really felt like we were done, done. I don't know if I shared this story with there's you. There's done and then there's done, done. Right. Okay. Like, like I was <laughs> moving out because I think what happened was. If, oh, if, so he wasn't going to leave. He was he, sticking to his he guns. He dug his heels in. And, and it was just getting such to be such a toxic environment that, you know, I started looking for places. And I, even then I remember, and this is like one of the worst memories that I have is etched in my mind was when we collectively, like he and I sat down with our son and told him that we were separating. It was brutal. So I, 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 I didn't even have like my own place yet. We just knew that it was going to happen, but I still think that in his mind, he didn't believe I would actually go through with it. And I remember I was working in the Valley and I had to go to like the local bank, like a branch nearby the office because I had to go put the, like the, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the deposit and everything down. I had to do it like through my bank directly to the land, this, my new landlord's bank account. Right. And I remember I went to go do that on my lunch and I did it. I remember walking out the door and just, I didn't make it to my car and I was bawling, just crying. I'm like, oh my God. And I sat in my car for at least 20 minutes because I I was thinking, I asked, I have to go back to work. And I I did not feel like I could even think straight. So when you asked me like what it did, what it did to you mentally, it was, it felt like everything that I was about was gone. Like, just like, like that. It was just gone. And it felt like I had to, almost like I had to reinvent myself again is really what it was. And so I think I, mentioned to you that there was a couple, like a, a, someone had asked me a question, like, well, what makes you happy, BK? And um, I didn't even know how to answer that. You know, it was like, I was just so used to defining myself, I think, by just things. Like, you know, BK went to school, which was all good. This is all good stuff. You know, I went to school, I got a great job, and I have a great career, and I'm married, and we have a house, and we have this amazing son. Like, those were all really good things, but was... There was really nothing, I don't say, gosh, I can't say that. Not like it was nothing in in there for me, but I don't know how honest I was being with respect to were, was this person actually right for me, you know, or was it really just maybe convenient? I don't know. You know, it's like questions like that start coming up. Well, you know, sometimes when we're in long-term relationships, we... Uh especially when there's love or mm-hmm. whatever degree it is of love on the spectrum, yeah. we create a character in our mind based on the potential of what it could be. Mm. And we fall in love with that. 
And then the reality of what they are is kind of just floating below that. And yeah, it's brutal, right? Yeah, it's it's a brutal reality. It's um, I could say that my done done, which mm-hmm. was against my will done, like it wasn't you know a mutual thing, mm-hmm. um, was when um, my ex just she started packing up suitcases instead of staying overnight. She would pack up and leave for days and come back. Oh my god! Right, and yeah. I and I was thinking, okay. This has to end. This this has to end. And mm-hmm. she used some excuse like, I, you know, I'm just going through a lot. I'm having an emotional psychological. I don't know why some people use this. I'm, I'm going through some personal psychological stuff that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. But then, but I couldn't stop her from leaving. Like, hey, don't go. Stay here. And I, you, I began to realize, like, you know, even in a relationship, you cannot control another person. I never tried to. Yeah. But I was like, crap, she's just leaving. And she had left one time for three days and she went to Vegas without me. I mean, you remember, we were so close together. And all of a sudden... She went to Vegas and I was like, what the hell's going on? But she's not posting pictures with anyone, but obviously you don't go by yourself, you know, or, or uh, you, you know what I'm saying? Or you, mm-hmm. she might've had like a girl, some girlfriends there, but it wasn't a girl's thing. The, right, because yeah. they would've been in the pictures. Yeah, exactly. So um, I remember I came back and because she works in the medical field, there's these events where like pharmaceutical companies want to attract you to prescribe their medications. And so, yeah. So I went to the event with her and I noticed the body language was different. And one of her coworkers who works in the same department of her said, Hey, Kenny, come here. And it was her and her husband. I go, what's up? And she was like, look, I know it's none of our business, but we're tired of seeing you. We can't bear to watch you um, look like a fool anymore. And he goes, your, your wife is uh, disrespecting your marriage. And I go, I go, and this is a coworker who works with her every day. And I go, Oh, I go disrespecting. She goes, you know, she goes, Kenny, we see you come up. Cause I would bring her, her meals throughout the day. I was like, Mr. Mom coddling and, you know, supported her all through to get to the point that in that occupation, I worked hard and jobs and financial support, everything. And then I was showing up, bringing stuff and, kissing her butt like to me she was like you know when you love someone they're the most beautiful thing that exists and she told me that and I was like basically they told me she was cheating and they go I go really and they go yeah she actually comes to some of these events with the guy (gasps) and acts like you know acts like she doesn't like she's not married and so that that's what you're saying it's been it had been going on for years oh no no it wasn't years. believe it or not this all happened within the, the behavior started, let's say, I can almost think of the month, probably in December. And I got told this in January. The beha- it ramped up like that quick, like wow. fast. And so that happened. And this mm-hmm. is this is this is literally God. She uh, that that was told to me. So that was like a kick in the freaking soul. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. God, like that's, I was like, thank you for telling me. This woman's actually still my friend on um, social media. You're, you're friends with her now? No, no, not my ex. Oh. A friend who told, the, okay. the, her friend had dimed on her. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, you you, you just look like, she goes, she's making you look like a fool. She, she, you know, and she talks bad about you. They straight up told me she talks bad about you. Can't, oh, no. We could tell you're a good person and blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm not going to blow me up. But yeah, yeah. So no joke. This is God. Like four days later, mm-hmm. my ex's best friend, her road dog. Her and her husband contacted me and goes, Kenny, she's cheating on you. And we didn't want to say anything. We didn't involve, but we actually had a dinner at our house the other day. And she brought him as a guest. <gasps> and I was like, what? 
And I was like, yeah. And at that point, it felt like, at first I was in shock. I was numb. Yeah. And I went and told her, get out. You mm-hmm. got to go. I kicked her out the house. I said, you got to go. And it was like an out-of-body experience. Like, I felt like I was no longer present in myself. Yeah. And did you feel that way? Like, did you feel like, I'm almost like a, I'm, I'm doing mm-hmm. what I normally do just based out of habit. I'm existing at this point. Like, totally. I'm so gutted. Totally. I, I would say a good solid year it felt like that. Just, you just, you're going through the motions and just surviving. Yeah. You just... Yeah, you're just trying to get by. And it was interesting, though, too, because we had our son. So obviously, even though, you know, we were done, I mean, we're not totally ever done, right? To this day, I'm dealing with his ass. But, um, <laughs> you know, at the time, I remember, as as I should say, as time went on and some of the things that he was doing, it became more clear why I left, too. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's interesting because now, so now my son's now 19. So this, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's been about 10 years. So... I remember when we first split, and this is like the total toxic dynamic, what was going on. So my ex was basically going to my son, who's like nine, and crying to him about me. Like, so my son was like his shoulder to cry on. His new therapist, since he doesn't agree with the yeah, other therapist. So he, yes, exactly. Yeah, since we got fired. <laughs> so like he would be telling my son like all these things. And I, st- I, I didn't hear it directly from my son, my poor kid. I heard it like through like third person, like, like people would make comments, whether it was like my mom or she might get wind of something or my ex-mother-in-law might get wind of something. Or sometimes my son would, wouldn't totally like disclose everything, but I just get enough from what he said. I was like, what the hell is going on? Like, what is John Doe feeding this kid or kid? You know, like, what is he telling him? But he was basically like crying to him, like whether it was his financial woes or, how sad he was. Wait, how old was your son? My son was nine at the time. What the hell advice is he supposed to he give? He was just, yeah, I don't know if he was just wanting to, he just felt like he was just being open and sharing how his, how he was feeling. But what was happening then is then when I would get my son, cause obviously we were splitting custody, right? I was then trying to compensate for that. Like I was, I remember just really trying never to ever say anything bad about his dad and you know, making things just as comfortable as possible when he was with me and that everything was okay. And, you know, I'd try to like, Hey, I'm, you know, if you have anything to talk about, we can talk about it. Like I was trying to do the exact polar opposite of what I thought he was experiencing with his dad. And fast forward now, like 10 years, I kid you not. I am, it's probably been about two weeks now, but my son and I were having just like a heart to heart talk. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. The other day, dad was like trying to tell me how to save my money because he's working and stuff. He's like, dad was trying to tell me how to save money. And he was like, who the hell are you to talk about saving money? Like when I was nine and you were complaining to me about, you know, my, you know, his financial woes and what your mom is doing and blah, 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 all this stuff. So my son remembers all that stuff like from back way back then. And I remember feeling like you said, like you have a feeling of what's going on. And I don't know if it was denial. Like I'm just hoping everything is okay. Um, but my son was going through some like heavy shit too. Um, and I thinking I was protecting him by, you know, just making everything as like comfortable as possible. Maybe that wasn't even the best thing, you know, cause I didn't want to keep like putting it in front of his face. Like, yeah, your dad and I are divorced and these are the things that we have to deal with. I was trying to let him be a kid. And it's such a hard, hard thing to go through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think with the kids, that's, that's one that's tricky because, 
they're not old enough to articulate or even the process what's happening. Yeah. So they're just going to still smile. And if you ask them, are they okay? They're going to say, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. But inside they have these adult feelings. Mm-hmm. It's, um, mine was tricky. My son is, um, he's 27 now. And what? yeah, I had him in high school. Great. I started, I started early, dude. Yeah. I don't mess around. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but my, my son, he actually took it. I took it hard. I, I think I cried like all day. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. Like all day for probably about four months. Mm -hmm. And then it was spaced out daily crying for about a year and a half. And I, and I was in therapy, but my son took it harder than me and that he took it harder because, um, my ex-wife came into his life when he was a baby, but she's not his mother. Oh, but he knew her as like mom. Yeah, he okay. was, he loves her. He's like I. He always said, "I wish you were my mom, my biological mom." And I said, "Same thing. You don't have to worry about the, yeah, the biological issue." I mean, he really loved her a lot. Mm-hmm. But when she was leaving, I remember or getting booted out. Um, it was weird. You know, when you when you were going through your divorce or that like that done, we call it the done done phase. The done done, yeah. The, done, the double D, yeah. Were you still struggling though with that decision kind of going teetering like Hell back yeah. and forth? Yeah. So I was totally. teetering. I was kicking her out, but at the same time, I was like, why don't you just, why don't we just stick it out until he finishes school and act like everything's normal? Yeah. But if we act like everything's normal, you can't behave this way. Like I was trying to reason out just to save him. Yeah. And, and I remember, or adds, to keep stability in his life. Yep. And I remember she said this several times because when she'd come home, she stopped talking to him too. Like, oh. you're like, hey, mom. And she'd be like, like, like she was pissed at him. Right. And so, um, she said, he's not my son. He's, you know, <gasps> and, you know, and so forth. So my son kind of cop. we had, we lived in an apartment. So he heard, mm-hmm. heard things like that. And she goes, it would be different if he was my biological son or my kid or whatever. So when I kicked mm-hmm. her out, um, she said a lot of mean things. Mm-hmm. So I was like, don't contact him then. Well, she was going to contact him anyways, but I was like, don't, yeah, don't, because if you're going to say this stuff to him, he doesn't need to hear this. He's already beat up. Mm-hmm. So my son took it hard. Like it was, it was, Are, it was harder. Yeah. Are they yeah. in contact now or, or do you know? I mean, do you know? It's we- Cause he's older, right? It's weird. It's weird. Um, my son, he, uh, he went through these phases. Like he immediately became self-destructive, you know, like within four weeks, like within four a weeks month. of the split. Yeah. Oh yeah. My, my son, like say the, say the day of, mm-hmm. He was, he's an international champion in jiu-jitsu. He was on, in magazines. He had corporate sponsorships. Like, he'd make money, you know, competing. Wow. But they're, you know, you know what they do. Like, they were company brands. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, he was 15 years old, you know, making, you know, probably about 2K a month. Wow. Back then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he had a bright future ahead of him. And then he was doing pretty well in school. I mean, he wasn't straight A's, but pretty close. Yeah. And he immediately um, quit everything. He quit sports. He dove wow. head first in the drugs. And, and looking back, like he ended up in uh, counseling and he told me he didn't want to live anymore. So oh my he, God. yeah. So he was trying to kill himself and he actually tried three times, but oh yeah, yeah, gosh. yeah. He tried three times and like Sears tries and the last one, he almost, com- almost completed it, but he didn't, I mean, the doctor right. saved him, but yeah. So he took it hard, but in between he would still reach out to her oh and, and, like and contact her and she'd like send him like a $50 Amazon gift card or something and it's like she's a um it's weird like it's weird because she's she kind of became a 
she became a dick for some reason. Like when we, when we split, like she, she started sending her emails. I, I'm not going to say her name, but her, I can say her occupation. Like instead of sending an email, she'd rub it in. Like, cause my son and I, this happened when in 08, when the economy took a dump, Yeah, I, I wasn't teaching cause I had left my job to move so she can finish and get a special license. So oh. then the economy took a dump. So I couldn't get a job and right. I, had, I had a business that wasn't making any money. It was an edible arrangement store. Uh -huh. It was breaking even. Remember, you remember that in 08 when everything went bad? Yeah, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. And teachers are getting laid off, so yeah. I couldn't even get hired as a teacher. So oh, I had nothing. No. So she, she would sign her emails, Jane Doe, MD. <gasps> you know, like throw stuff in like that. Like never wrote like, me. What is that? Yeah, let me know. Well, I'm, I'm making money and yeah, you're, yeah. You're, uh, you know, you're, you're struggling with your kid. And, oh, and it, was, it was just like, so all those little things, they kind of they kick in, you know, like, like that makes you think like, you know, who in the hell was I married to? Like, did you experience that at all? Like when you went through the divorce process, did mm -hmm. your ex become a different person? Totally. Like there were things about him to this day and people think I'm so dumb for not taking him like, you know, to the ringer through court. But at the time when we split, we both had our careers. We both had like our 401ks, our, all, all of our separate things. And I think a lot of it was guilt for my son. I think I was explaining to you how I felt where I knew when he was with his dad, like he was like his dad's caretaker. That's literally how I saw it. Like it was exhausting my kid. Then when he came to me, it was like, okay, this is your chance to be like a kid. So I didn't want to have any kind of like as much as possible. No, no more fighting, no more anything. So we, we basically, basically just like with mediation was like, just keep everything separate. When at the time it was, our custody was 50, 50. When he's with you, you know, you take care of all the expenses. When he's with his dad, he takes care of all the expenses. There was just some, you know, like, you know, there was insurance, like he was always under his dad's insurance. So we just made sure he stayed that, but everything else was kind of like, you know, we just took care of things ourselves. And that was cool until all of a sudden, um, my, uh, my ex decided like, well, you know, he, you know, what happened was, okay, so we had our family, oops, we had our family home and we had decided that, um, I would move back in to the family home and we would hold on to that house until, um, our son was 18 and that way he could stay in the same schools and not have to like worry about moving. And then we would think about selling at that point, you know, fast forward, maybe like a year or so I started dating and then my ex got wind of that. And then for the next two years, just gave me shit <sighs> just to sell the house. I got, we got to sell the house. We've got to sell the house because I have all these financial obligations. Like it was just like this constant, almost daily fighting about the house and his finances. And then you can imagine what he was feeling my son as far as like telling him about all his. Your mom is not, is causing these problems. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. then we ended up selling the house, um, you know, and then, you know, so that we can, he can then whatever buy his own place or get something on his own. Because that was like the whole thing. He kept saying, hey, you know, if we sell the house, I can take my proceeds and then buy a little place for just me and Jake and whoops, <laughs> me and my son. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, That's and a then, common name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we and then we could, um, you know, set up, you know, and, and be fine and it'll just be for me and him. And then we can start, you know, like building our life together. And lo and behold, really, he was seeing he was seeing someone. She basically was there during the times when my son was supposed to be there with them. There was all this like tension. My son all of a sudden doesn't want to be there anymore. So now fast forward, my son is with me hundred percent of the time. So he's not, doesn't want to be with his dad anymore. Well, so now that he's with me, you'd think that, okay, that then my ex would be helping us to help support. He hasn't done 
shit to this uh-huh. day. I mean, I could probably say in the whatever, okay, so at that point it wasn't the entire 10 years, but maybe seven years of that, that, you know, Jake's been with me. I mean, it's out of the bag, but Jake's been with me. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's giving like $1,000. She. And it's so f- crazy because I think of the fact you started with this, my long-winded answer is to your question of like, I just did not know who I married because that I would not even, even for a like millisecond have thought that he would be such a dipshit when it came to taking care of his son. Now he, you know, from what I understand, it's like the, the new wife is like holds the purse strings and has to go through review um, you know, any kind of whatever money that goes out, but that's just horseshit because that's his son. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. I never understood that with men, like mm-hmm. why some men, uh, just, don't take care of their kid. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one of the things that even though his a spouse, he was, you know, wasn't, we didn't mesh, you know, as a dad, even though that there were some things that you know, it was, it was disappointing about him when, when we were splitting up and going through the divorce. I always thought that as a dad, that he would show up, you know, at least give his best shot. Like, you know, he might not be, you know, dripping in money or whatever like that, but, but he would just give his best, right. Be there. No, that's, that's horrible. Yeah. That's, that's horrible. And I, I'm pretty sure your son now at 19 can see it. He does. Yeah. And he's and the good thing though is that so his his grandma on his dad's side they're very close. So my son and his grandma are very close, and I think like because his grandma's a very sweet lady, and I do believe though that she tries to compensate for what she sees that her son is lacking, because she's stepped up even more than his his own dad has yeah. for whether it's just being there, you know, doing things together, even financially for sure, um, way more way more yeah yeah and you know what it's um, it's coming back to my mind about earlier when we talked about um counseling couples counseling Mm -hmm. the the dynamic of a couple's counselor is that if two people come in they're trying to fix the issues that are presented to them yeah you know as you guys as a couple but Mm -hmm. it's it's not those individual those individual things like whatever was going on with him those would never be fixed you know unless he uh faced those things i'm sorry to hear that's I hate when it has to do with kids, but it's yeah. A, yeah, as a as a father myself, I just cannot imagine, um, not even not only not helping, but just you know, I want my son around all the t- I want my son around all the time. Like it's, you know, what I'm saying yeah. like you're attached to them, like emo- like it's like emotionally or even your soul, like that's yeah. your blood. Yeah, you know, and he used to tell me, my ex used to tell me, like, of course I want him with me. I, I wish he was with me, you know, with me more of the time, but, you know, he's choosing not to be there. And I would Why would he choose that? Exactly. Why would he choose I'm that? Like, you need to look past that. Like, what are you doing or not doing that's making him feel that he's not welcome? Well, a lot of that had to do with, I'm, I, I would tell him, like, I'm not telling you not to move on with your life personally, but if you know you're going to have your son, let's say Thursday through Sunday, um, see your girl Monday to Wednesday. I mean, just give you and your son some quality time together. Don't add her. It's and it's not. It's like you're almost doing her disservice, like throwing her into the mix, like yeah. so soon. You know, it's not even her fault. Be a dad and spend time with your son. Like you know, this is a tough time, not just for you, but for him too. 
And I remember having these conversations with him. It's like, you know, when you're going to have him, it's not a fucking guess, you know, <laughs> guessing game. Like, you know, when you're going to have him, like he would be with me primarily throughout the week. So I would take him to school and do all that stuff. But I was like, you know, you're going to have him. let's say Friday, the Sunday, whatever. Just spend time with him Friday to Sunday. Don't make it feel like he has to share you with this now new woman that, you know, he's not even used to right now, especially when you were like creating all this drama about selling our family home so that you can have this like place for just, you know, you and our son to create like this bond when that was like your selling point to begin with, which is like a whole other story. Cause I feel like I, I bought that. I bought it. Yeah. Cause, cause you're you in the habit of believing them, right? Yeah. And I'm like, I, that's why I was like, well, I know this is probably not the smartest thing, but okay, let's go ahead. Let's sell the house because this is what he's going to do with it. And yes, it's for the benefit of, you know, our son, then, you know, I got to go with it. And yeah. he didn't even do that. Like he didn't, he didn't even follow through with that. It was, it was with a twist. Yeah. It was with a twist. And it was a, I, I believe in my, from my perspective, a very selfish twist that he couldn't at least just block off some time well, you I, know, for his son, you know, for he and his son alone. I think you're being nice. It's, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't think it's a twist. It's manipulation. Yeah. He knows that I, he, he knew that, um, your son is like the most important thing in your world. Yeah. And what's a better tool to use as a selling point? Oh man, he, you know, he had it down. Yeah. Yeah. Played me good. In fact, it wasn't until, man, look at me, like my, another ex. So I was dating someone, but we're no longer to, you know, we're no longer together. I feel you. But, <laughs> but this is what was interesting because he had a very, what's so good about this is he had a very objective opinion when he saw all this shit going down. Right. Cause mm. he wasn't, I mean, he, you know, he cared for my son for sure, but he was not his dad, you know, and he didn't really know my ex. He knew of him, you know, so he didn't yeah. have a lot of emotional investment in it. But I remember when the whole thing about getting a car came into play mm -hmm. and you, you said it, you put it like you nail, nail on the head about how he manipulated me. He tried doing that with the car. And so I'll share with you this. So like, um, so my ex had a car that he was leasing and it was like, it ended up being like a total like shit contract, whatever. And so when my son got old enough, he got his driver's license. He had told my son, you know what, when you get old enough, this can be your car, right? There, but there was no talk with me, like about any of this, right? Like whether he was going to even have a car. So he's like, yeah, this could be your car. So then my son is like, awesome. Like, you know, a kid when they're like, they first get their driver's license, they're like, I'll drive anything. But to have your own car is like phenomenal. Oh yeah. That's like getting the lottery. Hell yeah. <laughs> so then get this. So they, you know, my ex hits me up and he's like, Hey, I've got this great idea. You know, Jay can have this car, you know, my car. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, and so we can just go in half, like whatever he was still paying. Like, so you can pay half now. And I was like, <laughs> and, you know, so then and I was like, so grant, granted he lives with me full time. He doesn't give me nothing, nothing. Why did you ever all. take him to court? You ever think about that or you didn't want to deal with the drama? That's the, th I think I, that's a stupid part. Cause I've had so many people ask me that and they're like, you're crazy. You're dumb. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this, I don't mean to interrupt your story, yeah. but I have literally helped people go through divorce. Even people who, you know, <laughs> yeah. that I've filled out the paper. I said, you're going to, and I'm going to do it for you because your kids are lacking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to, there's, it's, it's not about you anymore. Yeah. You know, spot on. And so, yeah, but he tried to do that with the car and it was my ex that was like, Hey B just saying like, I know like you, as much as you love your son, 
I get you all important. So right I'm now. a I'm a big deal. I know, I'm a big deal. I know. So do you need to take that? No. Well, hold on. No. I'm just I, no. I, actually, I let, keep going. I'm listening. I just got to change. I'm sorry. This is so no unprofessional. Um, but this alarm is going to keep going off. That's so I okay. got No, I'm totally teasing you. So no. So anyway, what was I saying? Anyway, oh yeah. So my ex was like, he goes, B. I'm just telling you, he's working it. Like, don't fall for that. He's like, you already take care of. He's like, and I know it's your son. Like, you don't think of it like that. You know, you're not, you know, trying to divide up your, your son like that. He's like, but that is some bullshit that he's trying to, like, do. He's just trying to get you to help him out with some financial stupid-ass decision that he made to lease that car, you know. And, um, and I was like, you know what, you're right. And that was one of the first times, like, you know, I had a, another really serious conversation with my ex because I was like, I go, you know, it's so interesting that every time you, we interact at all, it's like, what can you get out of this? There's nothing about you that's like to give for our son. It's never that. It's always like, we can do this, but there's some kind of something in that mix that you come out like with, like you take something. Yeah. And I was like, already, I was like, I go, even if you paid, if you were to pay the, the full amount of this car, I go, which is already your own financial obligation anyway. That's technically your car at this point. Um, that's not a drop in the bucket of what it costs to raise and house and feed and care for a child. I was like, so how could you even ask me to basically I'd be paying you. Now I'm like paying you, <laughs> you know? The audacity. Yeah. And, I, and so he finally was like, yeah, okay, you know, like I get it. You know, with this tail between his legs and I remember he had the like, the audacity to be like, "Oh, I need to run it by my wife." And I was like, "Please run it by her." Oh, he married her. Yeah, he married her. And and I was like, "Please bring up, you know, if you need to run it by her." I was like, "I don't." I was like, "You don't need to do it." I said, "I will be more than happy to drive my ass over there and tell her exactly what needs to happen." And he was like, "Oh no, it's almost like they don't want us to cross paths for whatever reason." But he was like, no, 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 we don't need to do that. We don't need to have you in the same room or whatever. But what, what, I don't care. I just, I'm what just the gonna... hell? Why would she have a problem with you? I don't know. It's maybe, it, it might be him. It might like, he don't want her to find out, you know, what he really is. Yeah. He's dang, he's a dang pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what? Yeah. He definitely sounds like he has some type of personality disorder yeah. for sure. I'm not a psychologist, but it sounds like he, he has, there's something going on. If your only interaction with him is manipulation, especially after 20 years of marriage, mm -hmm. I mean, 20, 20 years of marriage, that's the closest person in your life yeah. for 20 years. I mean, that's your best friend, your lover, mm -hmm. your, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Confidant. Yeah. Your confidant. I mean, that's everything. How could you go from that to becoming an object of, let me, of manipulation. That's crazy. Like it's, it's almost like, it sounds like you bonded to him, but he didn't bond to you in a healthy way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you're almost like a tool or, or a, I not a tool, but a, um, an accessory. I felt, I used to tell him I felt like decoration. Yeah. Or they call it a source. I don't have heard of that. Usually, mm, no. usually when dealing with narcissists, it's a source of mm. whatever they need. You're just yeah. a source. Like if I need some 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 emotional support. You're right. my source, but uh, you're not my emotional support. You're just something a well that I dip into yeah. to get what I need. Yeah, you know? and I think I for us it happened over years. Like when I now when I look back on it, I could see like how it started to deteriorate for sure. And 
and you know, it's not all his fault either. There's a lot of things that I know that I'm accountable for. And I got to the point, this is where I, I feel like, you know, I'm accountable is when I knew things were really like, you know, coming apart Yeah. and we had, you know, we had done some counseling, but I know that when I was really frustrated and felt like I wasn't getting what I wanted to, you know, mm-hmm. that I wasn't always the nicest and the most open and you know what I mean? Like an accepting of him either, you know, and I felt like what happened, what I, again, this is like in hindsight when I see this is, you know, I was busy with work because between my work day being pretty long and then I had, you know, sometimes two hours, both ways of a commute time, my day, my weekdays were pretty like slim. Like I didn't have a lot extra time, if any, And so, um, because I worked kind of like one direction away from home and he worked like the opposite direction, that's where like, you know, he was closer to like pick up my son from school and stuff like that at the time. Um, he had a little bit more time, but he also then started doing things like, this is why for a while I was a little bit like almost bitter at the fact that he was, you know, kind of like a, like a Bible thumper, you know, Mm. like all Christian. So I was a little bit bitter about this because he had this men's group that he'd go to frequently. Like it was, I think at least weekly and they'd be together for hours, sometimes even more than once a week. And then he also was Pray, doing praying like, over his crazy ex. BK. Yeah, that bitch, <laughs> that bitch. And she'd get her head straight. Yeah. That. And then he was also doing like, like, you know, he was a, an official. So he would do like, you know, swim meets. And so he was always busy, but I remember telling him too, I felt like I go, you're, it's like, you're making yourself so busy to avoid us or to avoid me. That's what it started to feel like too, from like my end. Yeah. And so when I started feeling that way too, then it was kind of like, well, it's not important to him. Why am I going to worry about it? And so I started to like disconnect too. Yeah. So that, and that happened over years for sure. But yeah, I mean, I don't want to say, cause I believe in God. I mean, I was brought up Catholic, you know, I totally believe in God, but for so many years, cause he was so, um, he's like kind of born again. Or I shouldn't say kind of, he is, he's born again and he's very, very like vocal about it. And he was also very judgmental. Like it was almost like if I wanted to go like to a Catholic service, he was like, I mean, shit, basically, you know, that's not, it's not good enough. He used to tell me, he used to tell me that I didn't have a close enough relationship with God like all the time. But yet I would learn that, you know, he was going to all these men's groups and not to get into all that, but he was lying through his teeth at me at home and hiding shit and hide, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know, but he had the audacity to be like, yeah, I'm going to this men's group holier than thou. And I was like, well, what do you talk to them about? You freaking lying. Cause if, if that's a men's group, that's going to be holding you accountable. They need to know that shit that you're doing at home. I was like, I can show up at your men's group and I can tell them what's going down, you know? But anyway, I digress. No, no, no. It, I'm just thinking like, what in the world would he be telling his men's group or volunteering for those things? Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. It sounds, <laughs> you know twisted. me, I'm always, I, yeah, but it's, it, it sounds like, it almost sounds like, um, there's certain personalities where they need, they need accolades, you know, and he's not, he, he's like the, the accolades at home are not enough. So I need, <laughs> I need to be a swim coach. I need to do these other things where people come and praise me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's possibly. Certain, yeah. 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 There's certain personalities where they need, uh, sources. They need people to, you know, they need to feel important, mm-hmm. you know? Uh- I would say, yeah. I mean, now that I think about who he's with now 
and what I understand of that type of relationship, she's very like, you know, subservient. Oh, that's perfect. You see this? That's perfect. It's a little action. That's perfect for us guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, so maybe that's why they they don't want us in the same room. So I'll be all, "Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me tell you what's how it's really going to be. No, I'm kidding. She'll probably just shake if she's like submissive, just like, oh, yeah. there's too much tension. So, yeah, it had, it definitely happened over time, but um Well, how did how did you um let's say when you got to the lowest like the just yeah. the lowest of the divorce, the pain, the let's say if let, mm. let me just put one thing out front. Yeah. And I'm this is judgmental. It's not on judgment on you, but it's just oh. judgmental. Okay. If you are married for I would say Two years at least, right? Anyone yeah. married for two two years or more, if you go to a divorce and not cry, there's something wrong with you, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's what, so I'm gonna say some things that are just they should be part of a divorce because I've seen some people go through a divorce like screw them, man, and they just go on to another. Yeah. And you're like, you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> there's something wrong with you. You're a sociopath or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You're dead inside. Yeah, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say like at the lowest of, I was saying that to say this like of the crying and just the sleepless nights and the whole, like, it's like, say your life's a compass, someone freaking flick the thing and it's spinning. And you're like, I don't even know where I'm going now. Yeah. I don't know what to do. What got you to pull up, so to speak? Like say your plane's going down. What got you to pull up and go, do you know what? I'm changing the direction. Things are going, mm. I'm going to go good. Me- I'm going to pull up mentally, career wise, just everything mm. when that hit. Are there certain things that you that you did? Do you remember like I did, and I, I've shared this before. I I shared that like fitness and taking care of myself saved me. I am that kind of person that I I can't be idle. I also knew that it's, especially at that time I needed to do something that like pushed me, um, but then felt like I was I felt good about it. Like it wasn't anything like detrimental. You know, like I didn't go gamble or something like that. Like for me. Yeah. Or was into drinking or anything like that. I've never done that anyway. But for me, it was it was fitness, and it started off very like in simple things. Like I would I was going to a boot camp with a a girlfriend of mine every week, and the funny thing is like this boot camp kicked our ass, and so we'd be so sore for the entire week that we realized we probably need to exercise a little bit more so that we're not so <laughs> like freaking beat down every Saturday, right? So it started with that. That was like the thing that just. I think I just started feeling like me again, that there was something that I was doing. I actually had fun doing it at the time. It was like, like I said, it was a, that was the start of it. It was a boot camp, So it was fun. These ladies were all there. Um, we could laugh together. And then I started feeling like I was getting better at it. Like I was getting stronger. There was, there was these physical things that I could, I was noticing about myself that reminded me that, Oh, you know, you know, you can do really hard things. Like, you know, for you to get this far, you know, even though, yeah, it feels like everything just blew up and you're starting from scratch, but you were the person who, you know, went to school and you were the person who got that job and you were the person who showed up for whatever, 10, uh, 20 years and, you know, got all the accolades at, at work and all those things. Like you actually did those things. Like you can do it again, even though now you're not a wife, Right. And all of those things that, you know, these titles that I, I no longer had. And that was, that was it for me. It was literally just kind of looking out for myself from a fitness perspective. And that was just the start, but that was it for me. That's amazing. Yeah. Because the divorce, it, it feels, I think for a lot of people, it's very, um, uh, 
I mean, among other things, besides the emotional wreck of a, of a divorce, yeah. it it feels like um, I can't like like there's a mental thing that happens. I can't. It's I can't. The word can't come. To, I can, the word can't come to my mind right now. But it's almost it's like the concept of whatever profile of yourself, how you viewed yourself, mm-hmm. someone just erased it right off the board. hundred percent. Yeah. And it's like, um, even the future, like us growing old, sitting on a porch together and looking at our great grandkids, all <laughs> that is just, it's erased. It's like yeah. the, the whole thing. I, the, the analogy I think of is back to the future. Have you seen that movie? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the future. When, um, when, uh, Marty, Marty McFly, <laughs> Marty McFly, yeah. when he would screw something up, the future thing started erasing yeah, slowly. Yeah. It's like that's what was happening. Like, hey, my great grandkids, more kids with this person is going yeah. away. Just everything. And now you're like, I have to reinvent myself. I have to find a new purpose. But it's good because you're yeah. you're in the fitness space and I know that you're you're very successful at it and you're very good at it. Yeah. If is is that is that what gives you the passion to when you kind of like go to your clients? Yes. Like, like you're like, you know what? I know this can change you because it changed me. Yes. A hundred percent. I feel like, and that was a thing for me was when I realized I was I, 40 at the time. And I remember feeling like, Ooh, you said your age. What? I know. Old ass. Uh, hat. I assumed when you were saying that you were married 20 years, I thought you married when you're 10 Hell and I was yeah. kind of going forward. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, but yeah, no, thank you. But, um, <laughs> but no, I remember, um, feeling like I needed to, share that with people that whether it's divorce and you feel like you've failed, whether it's a certain age and you feel like there's no time for me to do something else or any kind of challenge that you set up in your own head, that it's just bullshit. Like it's really our, we can get, we can be our own worst enemy. And for me, when I thought about the things that I went through and the self doubt and the negative talk and even negative talk of people who were close to me and the, all the shit that I was hearing. And I still was able to like, like you said, like almost like pull up by your bootstraps and just keep going. Like if I could do that, man, if I can do, if I can be in a position to help other people see that they can do it too, whatever it is for them, then that's what I want to do. Because it was so just meaningful for me that all these doubts that even in my own head that I had on top of, like I said, some of the people I thought were my I don't know, my most inner circle at the time, you know, they weren't always the most supportive and I, you know, I had to like push through that and, and just keep it moving. But you know what? Yeah. I want to say, I got to tell you this story. I just Uh heard, I heard this last night from a friend of mine who's going through a horrible, it's not a divorce, but it's a long-term relationship breakup. She's in our age, on our Mm. age group. I'm not going to disclose my age. Okay. I'm 20. (laughs) Yeah. But she, she was telling me that she works in the same, um, industry as you in fitness okay and she was but she um do you do personal training like not anymore i just all nutrition Mm -hmm. all nutrition okay yeah well she's a personal trainer yeah and you know she comes with meal plans and so forth and she was telling me that one of her high her her highest playing client um which uh she trains the husband wife and their son and they pay a thousand dollars a piece nice per month um is very insensitive (laughs) to her breakup it's very insensitive to a breakup. So she was telling me that it's her highest paying client. Yeah. And she only trains them like three days a week and whatever. But the lady goes, how are you doing? Asked her how she's doing. I'm trying to make sure I don't slip up and say her name. Right. right, right. Yeah. <laughs> how you, how you, how you doing? And she goes, um, oh, no. <laughs> I'm just, 
you know, I, I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still struggling with the breakup, but I mean, the lady yeah. goes, you need to get over it. Oh yeah. She goes, listen, you could be sad for like a month, but after a month, there's no excuse. You need to get over it. You need to move on with your life. This, this is getting ridiculous. If you keep, if she, if this keeps, um, coming up in our training sessions, I'm not going to train with you anymore. You're bringing me down. Yeah. yeah she, I'm going to bring it to you more. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, people are cold blooded, man. Like, dude, where's the empathy? None. Yeah. She told me this last night. And I was like, dude, that is, you could imagine, go back there mentally where you were broken. Right. Yeah, and someone tells you, someone that. tells you that and your occupations on the line. If you're still sad, Ooh. you can't get paid anymore. Uh, and I just thought that was so cold blooded. That is, that's, and that's, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but, I it was it's it's rough for sure. Yeah, but with it, what one thing too about fitness is there is a there is a mind body connection, right? Like if you if you work out and mm -hmm. eat right, yeah, that heals the mind, right? Hundred percent. There's that, and I think I mean they talk about how when you work out and there's like the that rush, the you know the um, euphoric feeling that you get. It can be very you know um, addictive when you feel good working out. But there's a lot to it. You know, we were even talking about it, I think the other day, like the whole gut mind connection too. And we don't realize how important our gut health is. And so eating well and exercising and, you know, drinking enough water and getting enough sleep that all ties into your gut health too, which ties into your immunity and how you feel and whether, you know, you're feeling good about yourself or depressed or whatever, right? It all comes together. And I always share with people that, you know, taking care of yourself, that's, it's not like the only thing like the, or the one thing that you have to do, but it's a big thing yeah. that you can do to really affect your overall wellness for sure. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's so much behind it more than just aesthetically what you look like. There's so much more inside, yeah. you know, with our mindset and working through hard things, yeah. you know, and challenging and learning that. I think that was one thing with the bodybuilding part is that, it really taught me Oh yeah, me he was out. kicking butt in the yeah, bodybuilding. Like, you know, just you do not give up. Right. Yeah. It's like there's that whole lesson in consistency and just putting your head down and just showing up every day. And, you know, it, it pays off. You went pro, right? I did. Yeah. And that was not even planned. And so that was for me where I was like, shit, if I could do this, I need to be like sharing with people that they can get past their whatever, whatever it is, doubts that they have of themselves and go after their big dream. Like yeah. I was not planning to do that. That was not in the cards. That was not in your, um, on your dream board. No, my, my vision, <laughs> board. vision board. Yeah. It was on the vision board at all. But when it started becoming like, this could be a, you know, a possibility. I was like, well, shit, let me give it a try. And I went, I went to like my first national show. I remember this was like so fun. I, w I wish like someone had it on camera, but I remember I had, I won my class. I don't know if you remember how they do this, but like, so you win your class. And so I won my pro card. Right. And then at the end they get all the class winners and then you, they, they vote for the overall. Overall, yes, right? yes. So we all had our par, our pro cards. Right? <laughs> this is like so funny. But I remember being up there and the head judge was Steve Weinberger. He's still judging to this day. He does Olympian stuff all the time. But I remember that. So the class winners were up there. And I remember, you know, they had us doing like the comparisons. And then they, they, had, they must have told us to like, you know, exit stage left so they can make their decision. And I didn't hear it. I was still up there, front like posing, yeah, front what's pose, up? and then finally, like Steve Weinberger goes like this, and I realized I was like, "Oh shit!" Like everybody was off stage, <laughs> I was just standing up there, just as happy as can be, because I couldn't fucking believe it. And I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Oh, nobody was there on stage; it was just me." So I walked off, and I didn't get the overall, but 
got my pro card. How did, how does it yeah. like, cause you know, I, a divorce, it's very, uh, damn it. <laughs> the word was in my head. Now I just yeah. went away. Um, uh, you gotta go like this, like Steve Weimer, get off yeah. stage, get off stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, like, but from going from like the depths of, re- you know, divorce yeah. and reinventing your life then coming up in like, how did it feel when you won your first show? Like that, that whole thing, like. It was, um, man, it was just, I don't, euphoric. It was like, not just, it was more than just being happy. It was like validation that I still mattered, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and may- maybe you could think about, well, you needed somebody else or some extra thing to like, I don't know, make you feel like you were valid, but. I know for me, it was like, it was a healthy thing. It was a healthy way to feel like I I mattered again. It's an achievement. Yeah, it was an achievement. You you set a goal and reached your goal. Yeah. And then, I mean, reach your goal, I think, is just being able to go to the competition. Yeah. But then you won. Yeah. You know, like. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. My very first show I did, and it was like, I believe it was in October. It was an October show, and I think it was like the Grand Prix. I think that was the name. It was a muscle contest in Culver City. Uh Uh-huh. And I remember, you know, I did like, I think, I, yeah, I did the novice, I did the open and then the master's category and I cleaned up on all those categories and I was not expecting it at all, but yeah, it was just, yeah. amazing. I remember I came home with all these trophies and the fucking sword, the overall <laughs> sword. And I was just like, this is amazing. But yeah, it was just this, like this reminder that, oh yeah, you know, you can, you can do hard things and, you know, maybe it doesn't always turn out this way. Like you're going to sweep everything, but you can do hard things and actually set crazy goals for yourself. And you, you can, you can do it. So like you were thinking of, you made that comment about the Marty McFly, how all of a sudden, whatever you had in your mind or your ideas of life, and then you took a detour, something changed. And all of a sudden, like the picture of your fruit of your future is like, you know, going away, it's disintegrating. I, I kid you not. I remember going to a, a friend's house and you know, like over, like sometimes people have it on like a wall or over the fireplace. They have like all the family pictures over the years, like grandma, grandpa, brother, sister, cousins. There's like a shit ton of pictures everywhere. I remember seeing that and feeling like just like shit that I wouldn't have. My wall wouldn't be like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was one of those moments. Like even years later, I felt like I had to go in the bathroom and just cry, like almost mourn that life that I had. Yeah. 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 And you mentioned earlier, um, just, you know, guys, there's gonna be a block in the, in the podcast because the, we had to uh, reboot the memory on the thing. But um, my ass talks too much, <laughs> <laughs> but the, we were talking about how it feels like a death, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I think that's something that everyone, you know, I think universally is, that has a heart. Yeah. Not the people that I like, I, my, um, I think my, well, I didn't mention my ex by name, but her, her dad was yeah. a pastor. Yeah. He's been married like five times. So Ooh. yeah, he hops from one to another. And I'm like, I don't even know if he cries in between. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> so I don't know if it feels like a death because yeah. for me, that, that death feeling that you were talking about while mm-hmm. we were uh, resetting things here. Um, yeah. It's profound. It is very profound, but it's like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's a death, but it's, I think it's worse than a death because you don't get the closure. You know, like um, if someone passes away, you know, they're resting in peace or right. their story has ended. This person's story is going to continue and probably they're going to talk crap about and you. And they're going to aggravate me. 
Yeah, they're gonna actually turn it like a like a, a butterfly it goes in a cocoon. <laughs> they're gonna come out. That's the death. They come out as a adversary. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. just the rest of your life being a it's for sure an adversary towards you. And I think another thing that we didn't talk about is with divorce is that it's not just the two of you. It's like the family, especially if you grow up with a close family. My family is really close. So my dad's Filipino, my mom's Italian, both from the homeland, right? And even yeah. though that all of our extended family, they're not all here in the States. I mean, I still have a ton of family in Italy and a, my family in the Philippines, but we're close. Like our unit here are very close knit family. And, yeah. you know, it was a fortunate thing. Like my mom and my ex's mom to this day are really good friends. And so that dynamic for a while changed because, you know, when we were going through the divorce, it felt like for me, my perspective was that people were choosing sides. Like even people in yeah, my family. That happened to me felt like some people in my family, I felt like they were choosing sides and they weren't with me. Yeah. That hurts. It, it, oh, it was, I, I went through about a, a, a year and a half where I don't want to say I didn't see my family, but I had to really distance myself from some members because it was really hurtful what was happening. And it was basically like, I felt like shit already going through my divorce. But when I would see them, they would remind me how, much pain they were going through because of the yeah. divorce. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I couldn't like take it. Yeah. You know, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't bear that. Like I knew how bad I was making everybody feel, let alone how shitty I felt. And so like to purposely be around them, it was, it felt like I was, it was self-destructive at that time. Like I was literally feeling like I was in survival mode and doing whatever I could to just, like you said, get through my day get through work, you know, do my job at work, you know, be there for my son and then just keep it moving. That's where I was for like a, like a year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. My in-laws, I had, it's, I had an interesting happen, thing happen with my in-laws is she, uh, she told, I called her because mm -hmm. after I, um, you know, had the ex leave the house, there's a period of time she kept trying to reconnect and she uh, did. Yeah. She tried for, uh, man, all different angles. She actually, um, maybe for about a year. Oh, was, man. Yeah. But once, once you burned my son, too, it, it's a wrap. You know, okay. you can't do that. But I remember my sister-in-law was like, don't take her back. So her sister? It was actually her brother's wife. Okay. okay. Yeah. She said, don't take her back. Oh. And she goes, she's, she goes, you spoiled the crap out of her your entire marriage. And, and now she knows. And then she goes, yeah. And, and. She, this is how this is how she thinks you like no dude you know settled saying when someone shows you who they really are take note yeah yeah so yeah but it's good that you put you were able to pull up from that because i know that it's um i forgot what's that word with the d now it slipped my head again destabilizing oh, destab destabilizing yeah yeah it's very destabilizing going through a divorce mm -hmm. you know even afterwards you're just mentally destabled your your day could be filled with crying happy little piece of happy maybe yep my life's over. I'm doomed. And just all these crazy feelings. Yep. Some people have a problem pulling up, you know, they just kind of lose it. They maybe overeat or get into some type of addiction. Right. You know, and so forth. Like, mm -hmm. um, it's good that you're able to find something. I believe that, you know, God, the universe brought fitness to you yeah. or at least highlighted it for you. Like, this is your path. And I yeah. think it was confirmed when you started winning, uh, yeah. competitions, then going pro, you yeah. know, like just think, not a lot of women go pro. 
Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a very hard task. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's very commendable. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it, it was, it was like, like I said, it was a reminder for me that it's okay to go after hard things. You know, you can, you can go after hard things and they don't have to always work out a certain way, but if you can just be consistent and I think also know that if your intentions are, I don't want to say like in the right place, but I guess, yeah, maybe in the right yeah, place, you know, good intentions important. as you're going after it. I knew that when I was doing these things, like whether it was my fitness or the competitions or, you know, working on my business now, my intentions were in the right place. You know, it wasn't for like to show or, you know, just for the show of it type thing. It was like, there was meat behind it for me. There was true meaning for the things that like I went through and I learned and wanting to share that wisdom and those lessons with other people that they could, they could actually experience their version of that too. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good that you've, um, you've done that. Cause I, I'm pretty sure at our age, we've seen quite a few friends go through yeah. similar situations and some people actually take a dive in the chaos where they, um, you know, just like, I've seen quite a few people do this actually, even yeah. especially my guy friends, like they'll just, they'll just, they think they're 21 again and they'll go okay. out and start, you know, drinking a lot and yeah. partying a lot and just, you know, but they eventually come around. They've I've eventually. seen that too. Yeah. They do eventually for the most part. Yeah. They come back like, Oh man, that was, that was wild. Yeah. What the hell was I doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's good that fitness, that, that, um, fitness was able to, uh, to do that. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your, 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 your business. So yeah. you do nutritional planning. Is that what it is? Or yeah. Nutrition, weight loss, coaching, yep. weight loss. What does that consist of? So in a nutshell, I, you know, I, I help, I basically teach people it's more, I mean, I, I've, I've actually worked with a couple of competitors, but really it's more lifestyle approach. And so I really just teach people how to eat, take the food they love. And it's an evidence-based methodology that I coach. So it's not like just some like random ass thing and it's mm -hmm. not a diet and it's, you know, it's, um, um, we've done clinical studies with it too, but it's basically teaching people how to eat foods they love in like proper portions and pairings, like how you group your foods so that you can actually lose weight and you can actually manage your blood sugar better, especially if let's say you're diabetic or you have other health markers of concern, um, that you can actually improve your health markers, your gut health, lose weight, but then still do it in a way where you can eat food that you actually like, and it can meet anybody where they're like, whether it's a, like cultures, right? Every culture has different foods that they eat. And I think a lot of the diets or programs that are out there, they don't meet people where they are. Like if you don't buy their food, then you're shit out of luck. If you, you know, want to eat outside of a, let's say a, uh, like a, a window of timing when you can eat, you're kind of shit out of luck. If you don't have a skill set to actually make, uh, like a balanced meal. So I teach them the skill set. Okay. That makes sense. Cause yeah. I know one, I'm pretty sure, you know, Filipino food is freaking, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. heavy on the carbs, heavy yeah. on the oil. Yeah. And you know, do you know what suman is? Say that again. Suman. No. Suman. It's the um, sweet rice with uh, coconut milk wrapped in banana leaves and you oh, steam it. Oh, I've seen it. After I didn't. Oh, I'd, dude. Yeah, and the pandisal and the everything, the lumpia. Yeah, I yeah. Grew up with all that. Well, the suman is like a carbohydrate explosion. Shh. It's like equivalent to like a Coca Cola. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, just the, like a soda. Yeah. It's just so much sugar in it, but. Yeah, I could imagine the task of uh, trying to convert, you know, <laughs> Filipino diet yeah, into something happen. healthy. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, there's, but you have to. That, and that's the thing, right? There's like you can't. Um, there's no judgment, right? There's definitely just someone has to be open to the tweaking, though, right? Because yeah. even for me, like as an Italian and Filipino, 
it's totally carb heavy for yes, sure. Yes. And just learning how to like, how to manage that. And it's funny because my parents used to be like, what the hell are you trying to do with this meal? You're going to like hack the meal, right? Because yes. they're so used to it looking a, look a certain way, but you can still have all those foods. It's just like how much you're having of it and what you're pairing it with and how frequently you're having it too. It can yeah. make a huge difference, but yeah. I mean, pairing, 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 that's yeah. very important. So I've had like, even this, my, one of my, this amazing story and I'll make this one quick, but this lady that I work with, she had, went through two bariatric surgeries. The first one, um, they had to, they had to do the second one because her first one, something happened where, Oh yeah. Yeah. The first one, she had her surgery, then she unexpectedly got pregnant. And so then her pregnancy, like the pushing around of her organs kind of messed up the, like the initial surgery. So she had to get a second one. And then fast forward, I think that was, so her son is like 10. Okay. So 10 years now she's working with me. Um, we have her down. She's down 50 pounds. She's wow. done better with me just working on her nutrition than she even did when she had her surgeries which tells you a lot. I bet she's kicking herself in the butt because she had to go oh. through all those surgeries. You could have avoided it. Yeah. No, you know, it's, it's a sad thing because she felt pushed to get those surgeries. Her, her medical providers were really pushing her to do it. She was trying to hold, like hold it off. Like, no, no, no. And they just kept pushing her, pushing her, pushing her. And then she caved. And so now like when she's working with me, this is like one of the f things that she told me, she goes, I just, if I just would have known and understood how to have my carbs and that there's such thing as what I refer to as like a slow carb and a fast carb. She's like, if I just knew that, just knew that I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have these two surgeries. Yeah. So when I hear stories like that, I, I really have to, I'm so like proud of what I can teach oh, people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, when you go to a doctor, like I remember, um, I had my pec muscles and connected on this side, right? Oh, I tore it. It's a oh. long story doing jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Um, but my friend was like, I mean, I got to check. I got it looked. One of my friends is a doctor and he's yeah. like, oh, it's not completely torn, but it's torn enough. When you tear a pec, like my arm turned to red because all the blood flows. Yeah. In the yeah. Arm and it's balled up probably too, right? Yeah. Ball, it's balled up on part. Yeah. But not the whole thing. And I go, well, I'm scared of surgery. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be put down or whatever. Yeah. And he goes, well, then just be careful uh, when you go to see a orthopedic, I think it's an orthopedic, right? Uh -huh. That does that. Be careful when you go to orthopedic because they're always going to suggest surgery. You know, it's like someone with a hammer. Yeah. yeah. They're always looking for a nail. So I'm going telling you that with the bariatric surgery, I'm pretty sure they're like, I mean, she's a walking paycheck. Like, oh yeah, oh, yeah do the surgery. No one's going to say try before surgery. Mm -hmm. Let's try a nutritionist. Let's try someone, a health specialist exactly. that could get you on a diet, teach you how to live right and eat right. Yep. Now let's get in here and just fix And you still have the same problem in your head. Yep. So you're going to, um, you know. Yeah, I think the extent of, and I'm, I'm sure maybe I'm overgeneralizing it, but what she shared with me was that, what they taught her was like these drink, these protein shakes. Mm -hmm. So in her mind, she associated any kind of health or like weight loss was, I just went straight to protein shakes. It didn't, she couldn't think of real food yes. doing that too. Yeah. So in her mind, um, in fact, when she first started working with me, when I was kind of like, I met with her for a consultation and she was sharing with me a little bit about her kind of day to day she estimated her caloric intake was between six to 800 calories a day. Ooh, that doesn't even sound, how do you even get the right no, nutrients? No, she said she was miserable. She always felt like, you know, lightheaded and she couldn't think straight, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I you're mean, starving to you're death. starving to death. And so at first, like she literally, when I, when we would talk about how I was wanting her to eat, she yeah. was freaked out. 
She's like, this is a lot of food. You're going to send me back to surgery. Yeah. She's like, you're going to make me big. No. So, but yeah, she was like, this is crazy. You want me to eat all this food? And it wasn't even a lot of food. It was more normal of kind of intake an adult should be taking in. And um, yeah, so now she's been doing, I think we've been working together now. That was in April, I believe. So yeah, it's been about five months now. She's down about 50 pounds. That's good. And she's eating more. She's eating whole food, right? It's not like this package stuff that she has to buy from some kind of subscription or whatever, you know, like I'm not slamming that, but you know what I mean? Some people but, feel like when they don't have that, then they're like, then what, what do I eat? So yeah, now she, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, my sister calls it food package stuff. She calls it astronaut food. She goes, yeah, I'm going to get, in, I have some astronaut food. Today. Oh. <laughs> Cause you know, they always have their stuff prepackaged yeah, yeah. as opposed to cooking it at home. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so she's, she's doing great. That's cool. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> amazing stuff. Yeah. If someone wants to learn more about what you have to offer and your programs and stuff, how can they find you? Well, they can find me. No. They can find <laughs> me here on our podcast. No, they can actually find me online at barbarachris.com. So that's my website. Can you spell it just so no one gets yeah. confused? It's B-A-R-B-A-R-A-K-R-I-S.com. So that's my website. You can also find me on um, Instagram. So Instagram is I am official Barbara Chris. So same thing. So official. And then Barbara Chris, I can okay. just spell. Yep. So that's on Instagram. I guess that's about it. Those two website, Instagram. Yeah. You can find me there. That's awesome. That's, yeah. that's, that's actually pretty inspirational about the, the woman you. though losing 50 pounds. Yeah. And um, speaking of podcasts. Yeah. You never got back to me about the podcast idea. I threw it to you. Oh yeah. Relationship advice. I'm I not going to put you on the spot. Yeah, no, yeah. There's no pressure, but yeah. I just, it's I in know. my head. I know. But, um, yeah, and because um, we're running out of time, we have yes. to run. But I wanted to thank you for coming out here oh. and opening up your life and your heart, you know, to, to everyone listening. Because, um, you know, as you know, the purpose of this podcast is mm-hmm. this is not a business venture. This is designed as a as as a uh, um, I don't want to say medium, but yeah. you know, as a way of reaching out to people and giving them hope. And I'm mm-hmm. hoping that what you shared today will resonate with someone, and yeah. maybe they'll find their thing that will help them pull up mm-hmm. or maybe even reach out to you at barbacris.com and, yeah. and learn about, um, you know, how fit, you know, the program that you got on that changed your life. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure someone divorced or heartbreak is going to be going through it as they listen to this. Yeah. And hopefully maybe your story, your story or your resources will, ins- will inspire right. them. So I just wanted to thank you for doing um, that. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you going through the trouble and setting this up as well, a little bit closer to home for me. So yeah, this is anything for a diva, right? That's right. I know. I'm I'm kidding. But no, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And yeah, I know. I really believe that we can all benefit from each other's stories. And so we just have to kind of, I think, be open to sharing them. And I think the help will eventually come. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Kenny.